0: First and foremost, I'm excited to be here with my wife because typically when I get to speak, it's usually just me. And so to have this opportunity, we we actually got a chance to do this for the uh, Hispanic Chamber. Yes. We were MCs for the business awards.
1: I was the star.
0: She was. (laughs) She was. This is true. So we're going to start out with a quinceanera. How many of you have ever been to a quinceanera? everybody. Okay, if you're in San Antonio, at some point you've been to a quinceanera. How well, many
1: don't know what a quinceanera is? Raise your hand.
0: Ooh. Oh, Does anybody that... not know?
1: All right. He doesn't okay. care. <laughs> that was me 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. Ooh, 20 years ago.
1: Five years ago. <laughs> Hold on a second.
0: Y'all caught there, right? We're not right? starting off
1: right. We're not starting off right.
0: All right, so a quinceanera that would change Christina and I's life forever. So my, I was forced to go to this quinceanera by my father. I had to take my cousin. And I have to tell you, I did not want to go, but my dad insists that I take my cousin to this quinceanera. Now my cousin lied to my dad and said it was right down the street. We lived by the airport. If you know Eden, the subdivision Eden. And uh, she told my dad, oh no, it's, it's just past the airport. And so we get in the car and we headed to division. And if you know division on South San Antonio past Northwest, uh, Southwest military, you know that was about a nice 35, 40 minute ride. And so we walk into this Quintineta, and I walk in and I see this beautiful young woman in a ponytail. And I told my cousin I have to meet her. And what did you see?
1: Some guy, no. <laughs> this handsome Puerto Rican, green-eyed guy she walking in. Yes, yeah. so amazing. It's love at first sight. Yeah. Five years ago.
0: Yeah. I didn't years.
1: know what a quinceanera was. I was from Chicago, and I'm actually Italian. I did spit and do the DNA. Anybody in here do that? <laughs> yes. We might be cousins. See.
0: I'm Indian Isn't that So,
1: I'm. Not from Mexico, Spain, or the. I am 43% Sicilian, so now we understand what I can be forgiven for. I'm just going to say sorry. 43%. What can I say? So I walked in. I didn't know what a quinceañera. We'd gone through the ceremony, and I thought, Oh my gosh! In San Antonio, they marry these young girls at 15. <laughs> I don't want any part of this city. So yeah.
0: So the whole night, I uh, you know, if you go to a quinceañera, there's a lot of dancing, but it's you know, this this really um, Watch uh, it. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's very um, interesting dancing. Let's just put it that way. So everybody was having a really good time, and she was dancing with someone the whole night. Like literally <laughs> the whole night. And so I was out there, now I'm by myself, I'm with my cousin, my cousin disappears on me, and I'm by myself at this quinceanera, 500 people? I mean, this was huge, sure. this was a big quinceanera. So I'm standing there, and I just assumed the position at the DJ booth, and there's one part of the story that Christina swears is not true, but I had zero fashion. When I say no, zero fashion, true. that's true, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was wearing Nike flip-flops at this quinceanera. And I'm quite certain that I was wearing socks underneath Nike flip-flops, We sandals. would not
1: be married today if it was that bad. Yeah,
0: it was bad. So I just sit and watch this beautiful lady dancing the whole night and I just wait and I wait. And then at one point, during this, uh, this night, they decided to have a singing contest. And I'm watching her, and I'm, I'm kind of watching and I, I see her interacting with her family, and it, it kind of looks like they're arguing, and so I, I'm kind of like, what's going on Italian, over Italian,
1: 43%, remember?
0: Finally, she starts walking to the stage, and a gentleman announces that we have someone that's going to sing. And this beautiful young lady walks up to the stage, didn't even get on the stage, stood in front of the DJ booth, they handed her a mic, and she starts singing. And I'm behind trying not to, keep my knee, I'm like, what in the world? It was unbelievable. You want to know the song she sang? She sang Via Della Rosa. And if you've ever heard that song, trust me, you haven't heard it until you've heard her sing it. Because it's unbelievable. So I want you to imagine we're at a keystone where people are drinking beer like it's a sport, okay? <laughs> it's loud, and she hits that first note, and people start like, hey, like, hey, be quiet. She gets to about two or three words in, and the entire room goes dead silent. That's it was that's unbelievable. That's what I do. You want to hit them with a couple of notes?
1: No, <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> Good song. Oh, Via Dolorosa.
0: Uh, Hit them with it, baby. They're not is, ready.
1: This was not part this of the plan. This wasn't planned, by the way. And just to like silence the awkward, I will do that real fast. Okay. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Uh-huh. Down the Via Dolorosa in Jerusalem that day, the soldiers tried to clear the narrow street. Now, can you imagine having that at a quinceanera? <laughs> That was why mom and I were arguing, but my mom was totally uh, emphatic about having me sing anything that I knew that was somewhat Spanish, right, yeah. 43%, yeah. so that's how that ended yeah. that night.
0: So, uh, needless to say, I, I, I fell uh, just right there in love with this beautiful woman. Dropped
1: on his knee and uh, gave me the And ready. I
0: said, man, I got to know who she is, so the night, it's clearing out, they're cleaning up, and I've got to find out who this woman is, and I see the guy she's dancing with, and I say, hey, who was the girl you're dancing with? And he said, oh, it's my cousin. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. He goes, you wanna meet her? And I said, I'd love to meet her, that'd be great. And so he goes, Christina. So she walks over and do you wanna kinda tell leading up to that?
1: Oh, well, the same, all night. Yeah, please, eat. <laughs> but all night, it was, you know, who's this guy You just staring at me all night? So that was the start. She was staring at me too, yeah. don't lie. I had just entered in San Antonio a couple weeks you know. before that. It was actually August of that year, which we're about to come on board for. So it was um, the same. Here we were. We met that night. And to end that, here we are.
0: Here we are today. <laughs> here we are today. And uh, I always told my wife as we were dating because we, she, Christina, she didn't know she was a part of my two-for-one special. So I had this dream that I wanted to get married and graduate in the same weekend. And I told all my college roommates, it was the two-for-one special. And they all told me I was crazy. But you know, when you tell a young uh, uh, college student that he can't have something, what is he gonna do? He's gonna get it. He's gonna do what he can to get it. And so I kept praying, I kept pushing, I kept figuring out a way is, how am I gonna get this girl to marry me? And I asked her, and we've been married now? Uh, <laughs> Five years. Yeah. Five years, that's right. <laughs> survey says <laughs> going
1: on 19 years. Yeah, it'll be
0: 19 years in December. 19 years. So, wow. yes. Thanks. So what we wanted to share with you a little bit is really part of our journey uh, getting us to this moment. Part of our journey was uh, the big five ideas. So we kind of we sat uh, any, any Netflix fans in here. Raise your hand if you're Netflix fans. Alright, does anybody watch regular TV? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> Who watches regular TV? So we were watching our favorite show right now which is uh, Homeland. Any Homeland fans? We're a little late to the party but goodness this is a great show. Uh, don't watch it if you have any work to do because you won't get it done. Mm-mm. But watch, uh, So we decided we were watching this show and uh, I stopped her and I said hey we, we really need to talk about our speech. It's tomorrow. You know we really got to get this kind of hammer this down. So we kind of came up with the big five ideas. Now I want to, I want to preface this with the ideas that we, we're, we we do not want to teach you anything. Our, our job here is not to teach. Our job here is just to kind of share our life with you. And if something resonates, awesome. If it doesn't, we just, we're still just sharing and we, we appreciate the opportunity to share this. So are you ready, baby? I'm ready. The big five Um, And the, the big five, really what these ideas are, they helped Christina and I create clarity amongst chaos. Now, I want you to imagine two people. She runs a full business. Christina runs Spanish Grove Academy. Yeah. And uh, and I'm so proud of her because I'm the one with an education degree and a master's in education. And my wife is killing it at the school. She is. I could not do that job no matter what. I couldn't do it. You're doing an amazing job. So thank you. Yeah.
1: I paid him for all of what he's saying tonight. Uh, Yes. No, my background actually is more relatable to you all this evening. So I spent most of my professional career in new home sales. I love new home sales. I breathe new home sales. Um, My longest part of new home sales was with um, John McNair, um, who is still a great friend uh, today and um, a confidant. I see him as someone that I draw upon some of my professional advice today, but um, I loved it. As a matter of fact, I brought um, something to brag about because in new home sales, I always wanted to prepare my clients. So over the years, I kind of made, we did a lot of custom. So I made checklists all the time for my clients to do a better job when they met the um, architect because it was very overwhelming for a lot of people. And they would forget things. And so I would make all these lists. And long story short of it, um, I designed uh, with my sister, actually, to help uh, the guide. And so I called John one day and said, hey, I've got all this information. I want to publish a book. Would you help me with it? Um, Be my builder, and can I take pictures of all your homes? So if anybody's ever seen the guide, so all of the content in here was, over the years, what I wanted to breathe out into paper. Um, but if it wasn't for my sister, I would have never finished it. Um, and I really thank John because it wouldn't have never come to fruition either. But this is how I love what you do. So being in front of you today is actually, for me, really important because I love what you do. I mentioned to someone the other day, or just recently, I like to roll down the window and smell the the scent of you know new construction, I, I love it. I loved putting on boots and walking a lot. I loved walking a lot in heels and looking at the realtor next to me and going, mm, sorry you have dirt on yours, mine are spotless. Because I know how to walk a lot. And I know how to walk a driveway when it's not ready to go. So that, I really love this uh, industry.
0: So the big five. And uh, by the way, that book to my wife, you know, my dream is always to write a book and she beat me to it. Sorry. I'm super proud of that because this book is if you've read this, trust me, it is fantastic. So the big five, number one, this was the first thing that we had to learn and it is you be positive. No, You be
1: positive. No, You be
0: positive. This was something that we had to learn. Be positive. And I remember in, uh, uh, when we were, getting, we were about to get married, we did you know, the pre-marriage counseling. And one of the things a, a gentleman said to me is he said, Tomas, I want to tell you the tip that you have to remember for the rest of your life. And uh, at, uh, being married, he said, listen, you need to understand that you both can't be down. You both can't be down. One of you has got to pick the other up. One of you has got to be positive. And I remember hearing that and I remember thinking, okay, you know, this is my job in life. I'm gonna always be positive.
1: Yeah, that's ironic because Tomas, this is how he wakes up. If, if you know this guy, the whole like, oh, it's Tomas, you know, big as life. He wakes up with the music real high where we're like, oh, I guess somebody give me some coffee. I mean, like, can you please pipe it down? I mean, literally, Tomas, I would have a baby, like, can you please bring down the volume? He wakes up full of life. Yeah. But this idea of being positive, I think it was more for me, but yeah. it's the idea of it could be your spouse, somebody you work with, be positive, or be encouraged, or don't be exhausted. I mean, there's so many things that fit into that positive role, and it's whoever it is with you. It could be your partner, but it could be your partner at work, your professional person. If they're always down, you've got to be the up. Yeah. And And for Tomas, when he is down, I'm like, oh, okay, I got to be up because it never happens. But when it does, it takes my attention. Right. So it's definitely ironic for Tomas to say it. But it's true. We got to pick one. We can't both be in the dump. We can't both be discouraged. We can't both be exhausted.
0: Yeah. Number two, stay in your lane. (laughs) Stay in your lane. So, um, you know, I never thought I was a micromanager. I was a teacher. I taught elementary for 11 years. I taught third, fourth, and fifth grade. I taught a little bit of middle school. And you know, it was my classroom. It was my rules. I was always in my lane, and nobody really could come in that box with me, because it was just me and my kids, and I loved it, right? Well, then we had this bright idea to start a magazine. And we had this bright idea that we we're going to create something that didn't exist in the city. And, uh, and we had the amazing idea to say, baby, let's do it together. Yeah. Well, as you can imagine, we come together and we start working and and I always wanted to be in her lane because she just couldn't do what I needed her to do. And so I would always ease into her lane. And and, and what I'll tell you is that regardless of marriage, Regardless of the the situation, if you're in a relationship, it could be a friend, it could be business partners, you're gonna have to figure out where your lane is and do that, do what you need to do and try not to get in other people's lanes.
1: Don't tell me what to do. I'm sorry. No, it's important to understand here that I was awesome in my lane. It was that he liked my lane better. I did. (laughs) So who is the worst backseat driver? Yeah. This one, yeah. I mean, do you know someone where you're like, please let me pull over. If you would like to drive, I'm more than willing to let you do that. So sometimes it's just allowing the person to know what their role is, what their duties are and yours, right? And again, it's not just your spouse. Maybe it's at home, right? You have to split the responsibilities, the person that you work with, but allowing them to, if they drop the ball, they drop the ball, but it was their ball in their lane and letting them stay in their lane and you stay in your lane and that was probably the most important is separating that understanding what our roles were and respecting the other person and not micromanaging it
0: yeah and then this idea came from number three which is uh the big idea is strategic planning with the help of mentors and coaches so early on uh christine and i we realized that we needed to plan more and we needed to have this a yearly time where we set two days aside to plan. And we did this with the help in the very beginning with a coach, we had a coach. And this coach really helped me understand. Anybody here have a business coach? Business coach? Okay. So, no, I the, Enzo, who's your coach? Are you talking to me? Oh, me? No, Enzo, <laughs> Enzo said, he raised his hand. <laughs> oh, I'm your coach? Okay, good, all right. So, the, the idea with our coach was is he, real, he helped me understand that I was micromanaging and I was getting in her lane and he helped us see how we can separate and divide. And when we finally started to do this, a lot of the stress and a lot of that, that, that pressure started to go away. And I, I know for me, having mentors, having coaches, It's truly meant the difference between having a business that's actually running and still thriving and possibly not having a business. It's been that important in what we've been able to build as a uh, for uh, the companies that we have.
1: Yeah, when you're in an upper level, you lose some of the accountability, don't you? Don't you not lose some of that? You can just kind of hide that thing that you've been putting off, or you know, paralysis by analysis. That kind of can get hidden, and I think that the higher you go, the more hidden that becomes. But you're going to have fissures, and you're going to have cracks, and the people that are within your um, organization are going to see those. So, what better option to to have someone to hold you accountable. Um, For me, I actually have weekly coaching um, for the business of the school because it's important for her to ask me the right questions and know what my weaknesses are because she's gonna know over time, ah, Christina avoids that, or she doesn't like that, or how is that going? You said you were gonna change that. Have you changed it? And I think that accountability helps with strategic planning because now I can develop those areas that I'm weak, get stronger in the areas that I'm stronger, and be able to lead my team properly and plan strategically. So what does my end of year look like? How am I gonna get there? What are the steps I'm gonna to take to get there? But being very specific and not just going, oh, we really want you know, $10 million in revenue this year. You go do it, right? Let it shine. I think if you really know, okay, if I'm gonna back myself up into today, what's that plan and how am I going to do it? But who's the person who's gonna hold me accountable when I'm up here? Or maybe I'm one level or two from the top. Does that make yeah. sense?
0: Yeah, that's good. And I, I have to tell you, when when uh, when she hired uh, the 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 coach that she hired, I was so happy for her because, you know, from when when you're married, you, you don't coach your wife, guys. <laughs> all right, that's just a bad move. All right, don't try to coach be the husband, just be the support, be the sounding board. I had to realize that I was, I, I've been to John Maxwell, been trained as a coach, but I had to realize that I'm not her coach. I'm her partner. Yeah. And, and uh, that was really important. So, okay, we got two more and I want to get through this quickly. I, I apologize, we're going a little long here. Number four is don't copy, dominate. And understand that your brand matters. So for Christine and I, when we started Luxury Home Magazine, we realized very quickly that um, we had to create something that wasn't there. We had to generate an interest in something where people hadn't been used to even thinking about advertising, you know, in a a magazine of, of that nature. And so we had to create a brand, but we really couldn't copy anybody. And so what we started to do is we started to just come up with ideas, branding. And one of the first ideas I'll tell you is that, you know, my wife is, this is why, you know, we always marry uh, our our better half, I always call it. Because, you know, when I want to throw a party, I'm thinking solo cups, right, and tequila. And my wife is thinking glass and, and Prosecco and champagne and wine, right? And so that mattered because when we did our first party, we were in a $3 million house in the Dominion for Ann Van Pelt. And if any of y'all know Ann Van Pelt, Ann Van Pelt oozes class yeah. and just, I mean, she is the epitome of just just class and, and manners and everything. Yeah. And so we had to hit this one right on the mark. And it was only because of my wife we were able to do that.
1: No, literally at one point we said... What would Anne do?
0: What would Anne do? <laughs> no <That's> kidding. Right.
1: <laughs> what would you do? What would Anne do in this yes. circumstance? Because she was. I think whether you work for someone or whether you are that entrepreneur, business owner, or the higher executive, you should always, within your company, protect the brand. Always protect the brand. Everything you do should be really planned out. If you have an event, I can't tell you how many, how many events have you gone to where you thought, oh, they really threw that together. Right? Was that brand protected? Were they showing their best foot forward? If you went to any event, Neiman Marcus, Saks events, Tiffany's, it's on point. Every detail is covered. And for you, whatever level you're at, you should be protecting your brand, being strategic and thinking about it. Or don't do it at all. But I think that if you want to dominate, you can't just compare and copy and go, okay, let's shop them. What are they doing? No, forget that. If you have to fly to another market that's doing something awesome, maybe they're doing something new. then fly and invest in another market. Even when I did Spanish Grove and you think, oh, it's a preschool. I went to California, to Beverly Hills, and I went to New York, and Manhattan, and I literally visited some of the most prestigious, like you know there's a list of like $40,000 is what people pay a year for preschool. That's mind blowing. But I'll tell you what, did I not come back with a bag of tricks? Yes, I did. And that is important to know how to dominate, know who your competition is, right? But then you push that aside and you realize, what am I gonna to do to differentiate myself and dominate and protect my brand all at the same time? That's yeah. the most important thing.
0: And, and as you guys know, you, you, you're here because of who? Why are you here? Why are you here? Dayton. Who, who protects their brand better than anybody in the industry? This is what, Dayton Trader and his team, this is what they do on a consistent, everyday basis. They are protecting their brand and who do they care about? You. They are taking the time with their team to make sure that the brand is protected and they're not worried about copying anybody. No. They're just straight out just dominating. It's just what they do. Uh, so kudos to Dayton and his team for everything that they do with for this event. Last but not least. Now, this one was this one was tough because I I, I I told I slipped this one in at the end on my wife because I've become a firm believer that work life balance is a lie. OK, and that's a I heard that a few times and I and I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> right. But I remember hearing it and I remember thinking like, okay, you know what, if we really think about it, if I told everybody in this room to stand up on one leg, what would you be doing? If you had to stand up on one leg, what would you be doing? You're fighting to stay on that one leg, right? It's, it's this, this constant struggle to kind of stay balanced. Because see, here's the thing, when you're working, you should be 100% in what? Working. Can you be balanced if you're 100% in working? No, you're gonna be working. You're focused on your work. And then what I realized is, is that what I had to do, it wasn't a matter of, okay, I'm gonna spend 10 minutes here and 10 minutes here, and an hour here and an hour here. And if I, if I stay late at work here, I'm gonna you know, stay this time here. It wasn't a matter of trying to balance the scale. What it was, is I had to realize, it's like Tomas, when you're home, be home. That was the balance that I had. Because let me tell you, when we started Luxury Home Magazine. Woo, man, I could not, I, it was, I, everything was like a fire. Everything was running, everything till two o'clock in the morning. We're trying to fight. We're trying to win. We're trying to dominate, right? But it was pure chaos in the beginning, trying to get everything going. But I realized that as time went on, it's like I, it's not a matter of making everything balance out. It was a matter of that when I'm working, I'm 100%. When I'm at home, I'm 100%. Yeah,
1: I think finding a sort of balance, right? <laughs> the lie. But finding a sort of balance. You know, Enzo's with us tonight and has been with us. I mean, if you've been to the Builders you know, Awards, you might see him with us. We've taken him to other galas. Not because we like to prance around, but there's times where we wanna still be together. That's our choice, right? Even if it's 150 bucks. (laughs) But it's important for us to feel good and not feel like he's always with grandma or always with someone. We're together and we're experiencing it together. Um, But the balance, what makes you feel good? And I can't tell you, you need most likely a vacation. I'm just gonna assume and throw it out there, not a weekend getaway, not a staycation, but a vacation. And I think to find the balance, when you go to a seven day at least vacation and you're in a few days, what starts to happen? You start to relax. Oh, I'm on vacation. I'll have another Mai Tai, thank you very much. (laughs) Yes, I would like some more chips with my margarita. And then a couple more days in, your mind starts to let go. And then new ideas start to fill in. By the time you come back, you're ready to come back. Like I'm done with vacation, I'm finished. But all of a sudden you're not only are you energized, but you got some new ideas. Why? Because you unplugged. A cruise is probably the best, except you can't do the Wi Fi or what is it called? Yeah, stay you can't away from buy that Wi-Fi. into the budget of the Wi-Fi. You gotta unplug, get some new ideas, come back refreshed. Nobody wants the tired you. They want the energetic, ready to go rocket you. That's what they want. And that's more balance.
0: Yeah. So uh, in closing, we, we, number one, I want to say thank you, Dayton, to your team. We really appreciate the opportunity to be here uh, to share a little bit of the, the five ideas that have kind of helped us in our journey. Um, and, and we basically, both of us want to say, if there's any way that we can bring value to you, let us know. We'd love to bring value to your team, um, to what you guys are doing in your company. So if we can help in any way, let us know. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much.